now dumb for having listened to it. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 41. The, oh man, I hate Hawthorne. I seriously hate losing to Hawthorne episode of the podcast. Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes who have known each other forever, who get together most weeks, uh, most weekdays in the Melbourne CBD to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant, with me is Scotty. Hello everyone, uh, you can probably hear my voice, I really, really hate Hawthorne. Uh, <laughs> Losing to them even more. Yeah, look, that was a tough day yesterday. Uh, took me a long time to start to get calmed down. Which is why we're doing the podcast the next day. <laughs> yes, we were wondering, do we go uh, home and uh, do the podcast, but no, we, uh, we're probably a little bit emotive. And, <laughs> and, uh, it's because and, it's Hawthorne, yeah. man. Hawthorne and Collingwood. And it's season just... on the line too, so yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it was a tough day. Uh, but we've calmed down a little bit, haven't we? We've we have calmed, calmed down, down a little bit. We've had a bit of a look at the at the numbers, a bit more of a think about the players and how we played. And there's there's some positives, there's some negatives, and we'll, we'll have a chat about them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's probably come down to uh, really our ball use. If you if, if there's an overall theme yeah, agree. You, you, against the Hawthorne, you just can't have turnovers. And they're so damn good at it. Their, yeah. their, their game is precision by foot, precision by hand. They've done that since Alex the Clarkson arrived, and they're damn good at it. And they're professional enough and a good enough football side that if you make a mistake and kick it directly to someone, you're going to get killed on the overlap. Trans- and they did their, it. Their transition is yeah, just dynamite. It's beautiful. It's just... But so, yeah, so look, there's a lot of factors why we struggled. I thought the effort was okay, I thought we came out with the intent. Um, which was fine. Uh, obviously, like we discussed, our ball use was a little bit all over the shop. Let's have a chat probably um, about the midfield to start off. the Because I thought this is where the game was probably won or lost. I think it's, it's um, most, most weeks that is the case now, but yep. So, I mean, I'm, I had a look, bit of a look uh, just at some numbers. And look, it's it, don't read too much into this, but when you have Zach Merritt having 41 disposals and nine clearances. And then you have Bill Chambers, McGrath, Langford and Myers combined, having almost the exact same possessions and six clearances combined. You, you're, you're having a theme yesterday of a midfield that probably only 40% was clicking. Yeah. And, and you just can't do that against Amira and uh, Mitchell and yep. and these guys. Burgoyne and all those guys. Yeah. So that to me is where the key was. We had 72 inside 50s um, the previous week. And I know we're probably in around about the 40 mid inside mid, um, inside mid, um, 49 inside 50s. So a lot less inside um 50s. We, we scored 103 points. I was so. going to say, man, those inside 50s, we were pretty, we were pretty good on the statistics for yeah. it. Meaning, when we got it in there, we pretty much scored. But I think that, like you said, on that midfield point, we've got nowadays. And if you look, jump onto the AFL website, um, guys, when you when you got a spare five minutes, um, and have a look at the games where we've won, and have a look at the other clubs where the games where they've won, they've had three to four midfielders. Two to three of them are getting 30 odd possessions a game. Um, and then you've got a group of three to four after that that have got the 25s to 20 um, yeah. possessions between them. And if you look at the Bombers, guys, we've got the the freak that is Zach Merritt uh, just racking up a lazy 40. And then you've got the... We've, we've missed that group of 30. Or we've missed that guys on the 30. We've gone straight from 40-odd possessions 
straight down to the 25s and the 23s, and then Devin Smith at 22 and Darcy at 22, which great games, really, really good games. But I just think with the disposals being down a little bit and yeah, with, with the Langfords of the world and Tommy Bell especially being yeah. down, we our midfield is... And I heard a stat. I heard somebody on um, Channel 7 say um, that our midfield is currently ranked one or two or something in the entire comp. Right, our midfield is 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 going incredibly well. I think it's yeah, just I mean, not yesterday. It was second or third, yeah. And we've obviously had an incredible ten or twelve weeks. Um, but I mean, if you have a look, our top, our in our bottom four possession getters, Langford, McGrath, and Bell Chambers is all in that bottom four, yeah. and that can't happen. Like, and and me and Grant were discussing about this. It's not a whack against Langford and McGrath. That's what you get with young players yeah. playing early in a position that they're still learning. Inconsistency is going to happen sometimes. They've been up for quite a while. In all honesty, we probably were due for a game oh, man. where just not everything clicked. It's eight and, of the last nine or yeah. eight of the last ten or something with my man. Like, yeah. we've, everybody needs to take a, um, a deep breath. This club has performed brilliantly over the last what, eight games or something like that. We've beaten people we shouldn't have. We've performed incredibly well. Guys, we just got beat by a good Hawthorne side by four points. Yeah, and they're a team above us. Agree. So, they're a quality opposition. Very skillful side. You just can't turn over the ball. Like, that's Sometimes that's you're just going to have games where it's just not coming off the boot as well and you're not thinking through the game as well. And that's just what happened. So, the more... The more, I guess, time goes on, the more I'm a little bit more relaxed. It, trust me, I hate losing. Ooh. But but if, if the more I go through the game and see how much kind of went wrong, even if you're talking about Stringer getting injured in the third quarter, and he was probably one of the most influential players on the ground. Yep. Uh, even if you ha- sort of have a look at that, have a look at our midfield quite down, um, uh, some guys in the back just... Uh, really struggling. We've only lost the game by four points. That's the thing. Uh, and we've, yeah, we've had some yeah. mistakes. We've had, yeah. we've had. I mean, everybody needs to also remember that Heps is um, playing injured. Um, we've got youngish midfield, and we've we. It's the inconsistency, which I wouldn't even call inconsistency, man. We just had one bad game. Like we've yeah. we've had a consistent effort from our midfield to the point where we're ranked number two in the comp for the no. last eight or nine weeks, and I just think. We've had one bad game. It's, yeah. That's it. Well, we've been crying out for an Essendon that's in the game every week for a long, long time. And I still find this as, as just a, a a game that, you know, we're well in the game. We could have easily won the game. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not as panicky as other... I understand because of our start of the season, it, it probably does make getting to the finals, you know, obviously very unlikely. Yeah. Um, that's but... As far as consistency, as far as turning up and playing um, hard football, we're still there, uh, and that's a key for me. That's what I look for. That's what I think our culture and our and our wins and loss ratio will turn around quite heavily in 2019. Because if we keep presenting and play football more often than not, like the last sort of 10 to 13 weeks have shown, we'll win. We'll win more than we lose. 100% agree. Our style is clearly there. I mean, at the beginning of this year. We were talking about the, on the podcast about before Scotty's depressing. I'm about to jump off the Westgate Bridge <laughs> podcast. Um, 
we were saying we want consistently consistency. Scotty's been saying that to me for as long as I've known him. The club can't maintain a level, a high performance level consistently. And I think we're doing that now, to be quite honest. I think the stats are there. If we, like you said, you sent me an email or something like that or an SMS showing um, in the last 10 rounds or something like that, if this was the start of the season, Essendon would be on the top of the ladder with an incredible percentage and a game or something clear. Yeah, prior to this game. Yeah, Prior to this game. And so we had the issues that were there in the beginning of the year. Since then, we have we've turned the club completely around. Everybody needs everybody needs to understand that this club is well and truly back on track. Yeah. And we got beat by a, a good side in Hawthorne with a couple of real good midfielders um, who are, in fact, better than real good. Experienced, ex- strong midfielders. And, and Omira, I don't, yeah, Omira's not experienced, but the kid's a jet. Like, he's a fair income. He's rolled gold, that kid. And, and that's fine. So... They've got people like Gunston and, and um, uh, Burgoyne and that. It's a damn good side. And for us to lose by four points, that is totally okay. And with Joey D not in there and um, uh, we got Ambrose and all the people we've got out, we are still performing very high. I mean, that was... Uh, I reckon if Wusher had his time again, he probably would have moved Hooker probably a quarter earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Hooker's end up with two goals. He clearly was... Very dangerous. It seemed to change the the style of the game. We yeah. were we were kicking it a little bit more direct. Uh, so he, if he had his time again, he might have played him a quarter earlier. I know you take the risk of of weakening your back line. Yep. But we, it seems we were crying out for a McKernan like that. I, I tweeted just after the game that that McKernan injury really. Um, has come back to bite us in this particular game. They were mopping up everything uh, as far as um, as far as um, forward fifty entries. So that was one thing I noticed. The Hawks' tall defenders, uh, we, when we were bombing a little bit too much, they were cleaning up, and we just didn't have a, a tool to bring the ball to the ground. So that McKernan injury, and 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 people who may not realise, Stewart's injured at the moment, so it's not even a possible to yeah, upgrade. Yeah, to replace so, the man. And. And we were talking before the podcast. I mean, I don't think we appreciate probably enough how much Dan Ari is to this side. Oh, he man. kicked 65 goals last year. Forget forget his first six games. That's just in, that's just with OP. We dearly miss a fully fit Dan Ari, and it tr- it transforms his side dramatically. So, and this is the thing. Everybody, when you see when they talk about Joey Dan a fully fit Joey Danaher up and about, like he yeah. should be if he was playing right about now. He's the best young forward in the comp. Name me a better forward than Joey D when he's up and up and about, right? Jeremy Cameron, um, Jonathan Patton, no. But all of these players, he's he totally transforms our club. And I guess just the a question that we got um, on Facebook from uh, Eddie Balding. Uh, thanks very much for your, for your question, Eddie. Um, he goes, hi, gents. Looking forward to the podcast this week. I just wanted to know, as I've been thinking about this for some time, but notice this hadn't had a mention anywhere. Uh, it's about the lack of a tall marking target up forward. Uh, we've been playing with our VFL team, playing forward with Mitch Brown as the main target. Don't get me, uh, me wrong. We're proud as punch uh, as to how they're going, but we lack that option. When Hooker goes up forward, we're unstoppable. Wondering your, about your thoughts. Be great discussion. Cheers, Eddie. Thanks so much for the question, Eddie. Oh, I kind of feel like I answered that without knowing. And I was just about to say, <laughs> I probably should have jumped in there before you. You're right, Eddie. I reckon um, Hooker going forward a little bit earlier when, when it was obvious that Essendon wasn't getting the ability like they had in previous games 
to be really measured and really calm with their dropping of the eyes to the lower yeah. to the low targets. If we were under the kind of pressure that bombs into the forward line necessitate, yeah. then it would have been better to have a, more, a taller um, marking um, target. But we've name me another club apart from probably GWS, but name me another club whose first three For, options forward yeah. options are all injured. Yeah. Right? Exactly. I mean, Danaher, could you imagine a forward line of Danaher, Stewart, and McKernan? Or, like, is that that's even too tall, it's right? too tall. That's too tall. But, so. Yeah. I mean, I think I think next year, uh, a McKernan-Danaher forward line is actually pretty exciting. Because it, well, it allows Danaher to go up the ground still, which he likes to do. And McKernan sits at that key 40 yards yeah. out post for the long ball. Yep. I, I think it's a really good balance. So, uh, look, it sounds funny. I'm really excited for next year. And I don't want to play Actually, down this loss, but, but I see, yeah, I see, I see signs of a, a, a Richmond wave coming through as far as a young group, because I think another year into Langford in the midfield, into McGrath in the midfield, Parish in the midfield, if they can go to that next level again and get a really consistent heavy midfield presence like the last ten weeks. Then, then and, we're 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 a very dangerous team, and we are. We've got a couple of young kids running around in the twos in the midfield as well, putting pressure on. Yeah, I mean um, the Quelfie out was actually a significant out, wasn't it? Yeah, it was actually. Yeah. Now that he was out, when you think about it, but I mean, look, the club's on a on an absolutely on a on a on an upwards trajectory. Um, like Scotty wrote on his um, on his Facebook page, over to you, Mister Dodoro. <laughs> um, now for the rest of the season, but guys, yeah. don't think. By the way, don't think that this is the end of the season for the Bombers. Oh no, no, they're going to they've got a lot to learn. Absolutely, man. This is now, like you said, a statistical issue for us to make the finals. But mate, Wusha, I guarantee yeah. you will be saying, let's finish this year off absolutely as strongly as we possibly yeah, can. If we, if we can win two of the next three, I'll be happy with that. I'll yeah, be, who we got? Uh, so we've got Saints next week, and I'd, is, I'd expect that a win. That's a win, yeah. Then we've got Richmond. <sighs> yeah, that's that's going to be tough, but anyway. <laughs> that's tough. Uh, and then we've got Port Adelaide over there. Um, oh, also tough. Yeah, so yeah. Um, uh, I think we can beat Port possibly. But kind of sometimes it depends how dead our season is. I know that sounds bad, yeah, that, but if it's, but if there's no chance, it's, human it's very hard just yeah, as human, human nature. nature to get yeah, up yeah, yeah. big time for a game. Yeah. But I hope we can continue to play out the year because it's important uh, for I guess the psyche of the club. That consistency, man. Yeah, that consistency. What we'll do, um, we'll take a break here on the lunchtime catch up podcast. We'll come back. We'll run through a few more of the players, and we'll, we'll continue on. Catch you guys. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, um, the guys down the back, how did they go, do you reckon, Scotty? Uh, look, we'll get the elephant out of the room. I'll go with my boy, Francis. Uh, uh, look, not, not, not a good game. Not, not a good game. No, it's one of those games for his second game for a long time where Mark Harvey's going to have a lot of videotape. Yeah. Um, probably was a bit too soft on tackles. It's probably slipped over a bit too much for my liking. 
Um, yeah. And probably just the intensity around the ball, which is is a bit of a criticism I've had of him. Remember we talked but a when couple of weeks ago it, about the VFL? Yeah, when he, when yeah. He, yeah sometimes when, when he's, he's off the ball, he's yeah, not... Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 can, he can ball watch a bit too much. Uh, and, and so we've got to be honest, like we've obviously championed I, him. Yep. Great first game back. This one where mm, the intensity, so intensity was more like a final, um, just seemed a bit out of sorts. Not phase one bit. Um, because no, no, man, it's his second game. It's his second game. Yeah, it's, it's, let, let Mark Harvey go to work with him. Uh, he'll know what to do. Uh, he, the talent's going to be there. It, it will come through. He's got a lot of learnings to go about just the intensity of, of seniors to VFL. Yep. And he's got to adapt to that. And that's just being honest. Uh, hurls. Look, I mean... Hurls was hurls again. He yeah, just... I mean... What's it? Who's a... Um, I mean, Roughhead basically did... He was. He only had a very one-goal kind of and that's, hardly seen game. So. Yeah, he could play on one leg and get mm-hmm. that kind of a game, right? Like, he's always going to get that game, but... Hurls was hurls again. The man is just... I swear if he's not in an All-Australian team, there's something wrong. Um, Hooksy did everything again. Hooksy did everything right, actually. His third quarter, if you look at that again, his third quarter was fantastic. Uh, He had something like six marks and ten possessions. And then went down to the forward line, kicked two goals in the last 10-15. I mean, he does. He's a sensational player. How long have we got him for? Like, when's his contract? Because seriously... Just keep re-signing him. Keep re-signing that boy, man. Because that's that's Mm. just Mr. Dependability down there. So, I wonder wonder what Wusher will think if Stewart's not available from injury still about what what happens. Because clearly, you know, the structure looks a little bit better at the moment. But that's the thing. I mean, a couple of games ago, we we were performing really well on the forward line because we had the ability through the midfield yeah. to and the time to lower our eyes and hit some lower targets, mm-hmm. right? But if we're going to get put under that kind of pressure for like a Hawthorne did to us, then maybe might, a move you, slightly yeah. earlier than he did. You but might, You might need a contested marking. Yeah. So the two speed boys, um, McKenna and Saad. I thought McKenna was really good. Kicked two goals. McKenna, from man, he's, talk about a player. That guy's a dead set player now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no problem there. Look, Saad was really well coached by um, Clarkson. Yeah. Tried to make him go deep so, to lessen his run. Um, so he had to play a bit more mindful of his opponent. Um, good tactical coaching. But, I mean, always competes, so no real... No real hit. No, on that, no, no. But that's just, fine. That's just Clarkson. He was a. He, I thought Clarkson coached really well. I thought his defensive structure on us through the midfield. What he did was force us to go around the wing. So he he had a wall against the uh, the midfielders. Sorry, I was just having a drink then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So he had a wall set up through the midfield area, so we couldn't go through our corridor, yeah. which we like. He really set up Hawthorne well. And it took us a while to really, well, maybe it didn't take us at all the whole game yeah. to really sort of get around it to, it was, it, to a level where we could be comfortable in the game. Yeah, I think we it was very much a struggle. The, the the coaching styles and the way that both clubs play fought against each other the entire game. Mm. We, we kicked three in a row because we were running through the midfield and they couldn't begin to catch up with us. And we were kicking goals, a la Connor McKenna. And then all of a sudden, Hawthorne would slow the game down. They would precision kick the ball around the field and end up getting um, 
uh, into their forward 50 and kicking it to someone. Or Essendon would make a mistake and they would make us pay with precision. And then they'd get mm. three goals up. And then we'd kick, we'd kick back into gear and we'd run through the midfield again and we get. So it was it was two coaches coaching very well. And I'm not saying that um, that uh, Alistair's coaching style won in at the end. Mm. I just think we made some real... Everybody saw them. We made some key mistakes and it, it cost us the game, and yeah. we, we lost by four points. But I thought Manny D would have had a really good role on like a Gunston or something like that. Yeah. And I think that was a, a bit of a bummer, his late withdrawal. Because they had Sardi on him for a while, didn't they? Like yeah, they had a they, small they, on him. Yeah, they had, they had a few rotations on him, but they yeah. could... But, I mean, just Gunston and Bruce just were... I mean, they're very, very good players. That's the other thing, man. Like, I, I said to Scotty on text during the game, I go, man... How many years are we going to have? More years are we going to have to put up with buddy Luke Bruce? Really, how many has he been around forever? <laughs> Every team says it though. I mean, oh it's just man, good... he sucks. He's he's dead set. He'll get thirteen possessions and four of them will be goals or something like that. He's he's a good player. He is annoyingly good. He doesn't miss, but. Anywho, um, hopefully he decides to take up politics or something. Um, <laughs> I will shout out to Ben McNeese who actually led the side in one percenters yesterday. Yeah, Benny, Benny's, Benny's a player. I mean, Look he, out. He saved our butts quite a few times. Um, he had some big moments, um, some real desperation moments. Uh, as I always get nervous because everyone knows my last name is McNeese. That <laughs> like I have some brother favour for him, and and I know I stick up for him a lot, but. These are the things that I see in the in the VFL in the preseason. What he's doing and why I I, I am a bit of a rap for him. I understand he's still probably on the outer, just on the outer of total best twenty two. But he's a very good depth player, and, and and that's exactly what he was. I mean, he came in at last minute, and I thought performed really well. So uh, all credit to him. Yep, Razio, not too bad. Um, again, twenty one twenty one possessions. Um. Yeah, performed really well. I reckon it was dangerous. I, yeah. Now the one, the one we want to address is um, is Brendan Goddard as well. Now, man, Scotty, I was saying to Scotty before the game, the amount of tee off that I can see for that bloke on social media is absolutely amazing. And Brendan made some mistakes. That's it. He, it's. I swear, everybody just tees off on Brendan and yeah. He made mistakes, and that's a that's about it. But as a again as a player, he's in my side in the top five people I pick in that side. Seriously, um, I Brendan made a couple of mistakes. Dyson made a couple of mistakes. But again, with seventeen possessions, eighty odd percent efficiency, um, the guy seventy six percent efficiency. Sorry, the guy is perfectly acceptable in his position. Look, I mean, it's obvious that some Essendon fans just have issue with him. I, I don't clearly, I yeah. don't get it myself. Um, I was a little bit surprised actually. I, I know he had the kick out, but he didn't really do else. Didn't I, I? didn't think he had one of those games where I went, "Oh man!" I mean, I could tell you five chess marks we dropped by different players of very high talent and going, "What's going on?" And this is the I, it was just even out. I thought it was a very even, unusual performance from the from the side as far as just the skills. Hmm. Uh, and so I, I just didn't have a person to point out. I just thought, oh well, you know, from from everyone, I probably outside of Zach Merritt, it was a, a very like an inconsistent on the skills performance. It was just no one was no one was really sharp. No. It happens because we've been up for a while, but I just don't know why. I, the next day, I, I read nothing but posts on Brendan Goddard. Like, why am I reading this? I don't, like, I don't understand it. I, I just I. 
and sorry if, if I don't want to offend anyone or anything. I just don't get it. I I don't go. Why does this guy do so much for the club? Represented the club enormously. Has played consistently. Been in the top five, if not won the Crichton Medal. Yeah. I like. I just don't get it. I I I, I saw somebody on your um, He's thirty four. You know, thirty three. He's allowed to have exactly right. <laughs> and he's also. I saw somebody say, "Oh, is his body ready for the AFL anymore?" Dude, he's on. He's on the way out. Everybody knows it, right? The man, the old, the man's old, and maybe he's not taking speckies over the top of people's heads anymore and running past everybody. That's fine, but he doesn't need to in the in the back line. I saw a re- another really good um, post on True the Red Sash that um, is is Brendan had got is an Essen- is he an Essendon man like all that's or is he just a St Kilda player that's playing at Essendon? I saw a stat that said Brendan Goddard's played more games than John Coleman for Essendon. Yeah. Now, could you name a bigger Essendon player than John Coleman, right? And Brendan Goddard's played more games. Now, I don't want to labour on the man, but geez, cut Brendan some slack. This is a bloke who who performs consistently every week, and I bet you a million bucks will perform really well in the Crichton again this year. We are lucky to have his veteran leadership and his decision-making in the back line. So, Brendan, mate, if you're listening, I know you do listen. <laughs> I wish. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, another great game from you, Brendan. A couple of mistakes, mate, but yeah, there again, it, it's tough to make mistakes when I'm sitting on the couch at home. So, Jakey Stringer, um, again, was was about to light the game up, I reckon. Um, yeah. Jakey was on fire. He looked real um, dangerous down there. Um, Tipper, what did he get? 14 touches. Yeah. Again, see, Tipper, I want more than that out of you, mate. I know his pressure, and I know that that's all great, but... Look, if there's a small criticism, and this is not just uh, Tipper, uh, last week our forward pressure was manic. It was, it was from as far as tackles inside 50, it was actually probably about 65% down um, than the previous week. The previous week was a little bit insane, I'll yeah. say that. Uh, but it just wasn't as... I thought the Hawks came out of defense a lot easier. Um, and, and look, actually, Hooker talked about it after the game, oh, saying okay. that... Saying that um, they addressed it at half time and they were talking about it saying that the hey guys we need more pressure up the field because we're getting caught too much on simple one on ones yeah. um, by easy transition down to to our to our end so they'll they'll talk about that um, uh, and and address that internally but you know I mean you know what I was just thinking it's just sort of dawned on me now if if we had that inadverted commas bad game if you'd call yep. it that, right? If we had that next week against St Kilda, we'd yep. probably still win. Like we'll, we'll probably if we if we played that game against St Kilda, that they, they, they haven't got the talent or the ability to really make us pay like Hawthorne. We just we, we what's that nine games in a row or eight games in a row we were going for a win or something like that eight out of nine, and it just so happened we had our game where everybody was a bit tired. The forward line couldn't run as and, and tackle as hard. We just happened to do it against Hawthorne. I know. Will absolutely yeah. pay, make you pay in a big and serious way. Yeah. If we had had that game, where if we had one more up game against Hawthorne, where we ended up beating them by four points, and then next week everybody was really tired and do it particularly much against St Kilda, we'd probably still win. I know, I know. But that's we've played a lot of top eight teams. Like we've played oh, a man. lot of teams above us. Who, who haven't we beaten? Like Collingwood, Richmond, and now Hawthorne are the only teams above us that we haven't beaten. Yeah, we've beaten that Geelong. We we've, anyway. we've beaten Geelong. We've beaten Eagles. We've beaten GWS. Um, yeah, we've beaten some. We've beaten North Melbourne. We've beaten some good. We've beaten Sydney. Yeah. So we've beaten some good sides. We definitely can prove that on our when we're everything's switched on. I would like. 
I think the one thing that I think Essendon fans have a slight concern about is that it's kind of twofold. And uh, people probably got me the, uh, incorrect yesterday because I mentioned about um, that we only won one out of six at the MCG this year, which is a concern. It's not so much the ground. I, it's not a dimensions of the ground or anything like that. Most of those games were big marquee games. And that was only my concern that the next step for Essendon is these 60,000, 70,000 crowd games that we're losing consistently. Um, so we've lost Carlton, we've lost Richmond, we've lost now Hawthorne twice, we've lost Collingwood twice. Uh, and that's a ne- that's our next step. Um, we've got to beat our rivals, basically. Um, we've, our next stage is to, to be, when it's a finals-like atmosphere, we still haven't proven yet that we can step up to that Bingo. mark. And it just so happens that those big games, those Collingwood-Essendon games, those Collingwood-Richmond games, are all played at the G. Yeah. So I 100% agree with what you said. It's got nothing to do with the actual G. Um, it's it's the bigger games yeah. um, like that. And can, look, can I just mention Dyson Heppel? Um, this was the other one that seems to have a lot of to and fro from. I'll just give you my personal view. And look, and I know people disagree with me. Um, to be honest, that's fine. And, and it's all it's all opinions. But I, it, after the game, uh, Wusha noted that Heppel hasn't been training and he's playing sore. Um, so I, I sort of made note of that. And then a lot of people had the belief that he shouldn't be playing. Uh, look, personally, I disagree. And I, I'll, I'll tell you why. One, like he's had 25 disposals. Um, uh, he's had, what, six tackles. He's um he's done really well in clearances. He's second on our clearances, second on our tackles. Uh, so he's and sec third on our inside fifties. So I I just have that view that if it's one of those injuries where look, it's probably like a, a groin strain where you can play through it. It doesn't have any real long term damage. A bit like Buddy, you just have to play your stars and just hope you can get as much out of them. I I just. I know people say, you know, you should have given Dylan Clark a go or Macha. Look, oh, I'm not putting them down, but a game against Hawthorne, against Amira, Mitchell and that, <laughs> I just don't believe they would have got to a level where Hepps was, still could have got to. Hepps' main issue was his ball use yesterday, really. He was finding the ball fine. Um, he was getting clearances fine. He was getting tackles fine. His movement was not as good as normal, but still... A Dyson Heppel at 70%, I still believe, is better than currently probably just what's in the VFL. I mean, Clark and March aren't knocking down the door in the VFL at the moment. Look, I mean, they've they've done really well in in the season. Dylan Clark especially, right? And that's great. But I 100% agree with what you're saying. And Dylan, mate, love you to death. I know you listen to the podcast. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, 75% to 80% fit. Um, Dyson Heppel over Dylan Clark at the moment. Yeah. Sorry, Dylan, mate. And again, up against Tom Mitchell and Jagger Amira. Dylan, your time will come, Tiger, but you've got to play yeah. Dyson. If Hebs cleans up his disposal yesterday, we're not really even talking no, about it. It's just, we just had just guys all over the place just were missing targets and dropping chest marks. And it was just a bit of an... Had a, the whole game had a bit of an odd feel, just to how we kick three, then they kick three, then we kick yeah. three, then they kick... It's, it's just, weird. It's just like, I was watching the game, I was like, it has a weird emotion to the game. I don't know how you felt, but yeah, no, it's just, same. Just, something felt just not right about the whole game. Yeah, I, I, I didn't get it. Like I said, I think it was very much two coaches really trying to impose 
their game plan on the game, like the yeah. will of their game plan on the on the on the game. We sometimes ran really, sometimes yeah. Sometimes it worked, and then the other team are good enough. And this is the other thing Essendon supporters should be happy with is that um, Hawthorne, who are a damn good side, got three goals up against us and had all the momentum and then weren't able to put on another two goals or another put another three goals onto us and blow us out of the game. We 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 got down by three, we came back, we got up by three. It's mm. really encouraging size. So what we'll do is we'll take another break and um, we will come back after the break, give you some three two ones, maybe talk about next week. Yeah. Um, and we'll go from there. Okay. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, Scotty, you've got um, something you want to uh, mention? Yeah, look, I promised my uh, friend Jason. Uh, Jason's a part of the Essendon FC Supporter News Facebook group. Uh, so I just want to do a bit of a shout-out for the group. In February this year, they had they were doing really well. They had up to about 23,000 members. And good old Zuckerberg from Facebook cancelled their page for no reason whatsoever or anything like that so uh why so yeah they said they said they really had no reasoning why or anything like that oh Just, damn so everything they worked up um had got scrapped so i uh, look i believe the club has helped them out and given them uh um either a jumper or some tickets um that you can go yeah. in for so it's the essendon fc supporter news so go to the um facebook group page uh, look, I do think there's like some sort of prize at the moment if you like and share their group where you can either win medallion club tickets or a jersey. Sorry, guys, have I got that wrong? Um, but there is a prize, so no, have a look. Now, now it has to be one of those two things, yeah. <laughs> the post is pinned at the top of their page. But yeah, I just want to do a shout out. Um, we Who are they again? Who are they again? The Essendon FC uh, Supporter News Group. On, on Facebook. On Facebook. So I know I've got my own Facebook group, but we like supporting yeah, everything Essendon. So we're absolutely. happy to do that and uh, and get the guys sort of back up and running again. So um, just wanted to get that out of the way. All the best, guys. Um, cheering you guys on. Cool. So. 3-2-1? 3-2-1. Well, there's an obvious three, which is the 100 gamer. Uh, oh, Zach Merritt. Good, good Lord. Um, I'm going to go three Zach Merritt. Yeah. Uh, I went two to Carl Hooker. Ooh, okay. And okay. I I don't know if this is sympathy or just being very nice. Um, I'm going to give... Oh. I'm going to give... Oh. <laughs> no, I'm going to give it to Stringer. I was about to give it to Collier. Sorry, Collier. I thought Collier was really, really good, but I thought Stringer was a huge influence. Yeah. Just that killer... Injury, just so... Oh, right at the wrong time. Yeah. Look, Bagley also did very well with three goals. He's always dangerous. Um, so there's a few guys here that probably unlucky. Uh, but it was sort of between Cole and String. And I thought as f- for the first three quarters, String had just was really, really dangerous. So I'll go with that. Uh, yeah. What do you think? All right. Um, three <laughs> votes to Tom Bellchambers. Shut up. <laughs> Three votes to Zach Merritt, 41 possessions, 100 games. He could have got the three two, and three and two. He could have got the three and two, <laughs> and a just pencil Z Merritt, three votes um, for the Brownlow on that one. Um, Zachary Merritt, three votes. Um, two votes 
I'm going to go controversial on this one. I th- no, I'm not. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Kyle Hooker because the man was everywhere. He did everything. He looked. Excuse me. He looked all good. Um, Kyle, love you. I know you listen to the podcast. Um, now here's the controversial one. I'm going to go. I am going to go Travis Collier. Oh, that's not really that. Cool. Travis Collier, man. I it, I just I liked it. He's come back. Um, the man's a little ball of muscle. Twenty three touches. Um, how many clearances? What do we have here? He didn't have any clearances, but no, he had two clearances. Um, but 23 touches. He was all around the ground. It was the kind of game that we want out of Trav Collier. Did you ever think that Trav Collier from 53, 54 meters out on his left foot could kick a goal? I, man. And I, like over the, almost over, like over the fence kind of goal. Left foot. I was like, where the hell did that come <laughs> Well, where it's come from is the enormous bundle of muscle the little bloke is now. If, honestly, if... If that goal was to win a game, that would be folklore. That's how hard, oh. that, how hard that goal was to yeah, get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was a really good goal. Oh, man. But uh, all credit but to But, yeah, him. again, Jakey could have been in there. My, my four leaders of cream at that club, I swear. I mean, if he's if he's 70%, 80% fit, I'll go he. When he's If he gets a preseason next year and actually puts his head down and his bum up, look out. Because Jakey, Jakey is... He can take a game away from you. I'm starting to call him Adam Gilchrist because he, he dead set can take a game away from you. It's the exciting part of next year, isn't it? Because you feel like we've, we're just now clicking at the end season with the with the three new guys. Yeah. Um, and That's the first season, man. First yeah. season with those guys. And then you add in Danaharas and even Gleasons. And, and then and you yeah. add in the, the man off the field, the Dodorinator. Yeah. Um, the Dodorinator. The, the uh, uh, he getting us another pick or two or something well, like that. And look, in realistic, I was even thinking last night because of the Crows winning. Like, we almost went to 12th last night with the Crows winning. And, and we're not favourites for two of the next three games. That's just reality. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so there's a very big chance we could finish 12th. Uh, as long as we play well... I'm not that fussed in the sense of it gives us a really good pick. Like, this is a big super draft coming. Absolutely, yeah. It's one of those I super mean, drafts. I, I'd still want us to win all three, trust me. I'm an Essendon fan first. But I'm more just talking about if I was a Dodoro mindset <laughs> uh, and we did happen to lose two of the last three and finish 12th and had pick eight, mm. he's got a lot of trade There's material. a player in there. Yeah. There's a there's a trade there or there's a drafty there and then of serious talent. Dylan Shiel, I'm seeing on on Facebook and stuff. I'm seeing it's Dylan. Fun, yeah, funny the talk on Dylan Shiel. Like I thought, well, I didn't think he noted that he would be staying at GW. GW. Wow! And uh, for one more time, GWS. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah. So he he mentioned that he was going to stay there. So. Obviously, whispers has come out of a different direction, or, or come on down and hang or my cynical side says the media are just playing up for, yeah. for, for, but or his or his manager is. I I would have a uh, a quiet little think about Jack Martin. I I oh I, uh, yeah, Scotty made a really good point to I'm me. I'm gonna on that throw one. out that name for people just to just to consider and, as uh, a, as an interesting person to. In the off season, yeah, you did mention to me that you think Jack Martin, who they have, everybody had as many raps on him oh, as they did Jagger O'Meara. Ta- we've been talking to Jack for many years because, mm-hmm. I, and you, you made a really good point in that you said Jack Martin in a more professional side is could be a very very good player. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's like remember because I was mentioning that gave you we were talking yesterday and we we're talking about Sad. It's like how much a difference is... Oh, how much going better... To, yeah. Going to a big club, yeah. playing those marquee games, big 
you know, the intensity levels different. Yep. The, the just the whole feel around the professionalism, club professionalism, all that. He's yeah. three times better than he was a Suns player. Devon. But Jack Martin is a very, very talented boy. And and I, I just think he's going through the motions. And How and long has he been in the league now? Like four years? Four years, three years, four years. Three, four years. So there's 75-odd games or 70-plus games. Like, he is mm. ripe to be grabbed and chucked into an Essendon forward interesting pocket. Interesting player, yeah. Very I mean, even Gaff is an interesting one. So... Who knows? Who knows Who what knows? will happen? Absolutely. We it can... could be one that's left field that we haven't even thought of that we actually take out of a contract. Yep. Because um, contracts mean nothing. Yeah, so, nowadays uh, they seriously mean nothing. We can, a player just says, I just want to go there and it's and very hard. It, they have to make it happen. Um, St Kilda next week. Etihad. You'd be disappointed if we lost him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got three Friday night games in a row to end the year. That's oh, good. very strange. No, yeah. That's good, though. I mean, St Kilda, yeah, they're, they're no good at the moment. St Kilda are no good. And I think... Again, if the boys come out and play like they did against Hawthorne, just cleaning it up a little bit, yeah, um, that's oh, all. Look, and you feel like Eddie had we've kicked the ball better. We, Absolutely, um, we're probably a little bit too comfortable with Eddie Head if if we're actually dissecting yesterday. <laughs> that could be true. Could we be true. need to be better outside. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I would expect us to win that one. Uh, it's really what happens after that. So, new um, uh, new membership record. Yeah, seventy what seventy nine thousand. We're only only about six hundred and say seventy short of eighty thousand. Nice, really, really good effort. Uh, did you know that Richmond gave five thousand memberships away for charity, and they actually counted them in, in their hundred thousand? Ah, just a little bit. Just of a little bit of information there for you. <laughs> yes, gave them uh, away for nothing. Okay. So, uh, would you? I would actually. I think every fan's craving an actual proper release from the AFL of a breakdown of the memberships. Like, is there, is there 28,000 pets? <laughs> is there 28,000 pets? <laughs> Sign up. Um, uh, and, and it could read very normal. But I, it, I'd love to know. I think it just, I think it's out of curiosity of people's minds because there's a difference between an 11 home game and 22 home game membership to a three home game, to an interstate one, to yeah. a to a pet membership, to a child membership. To be quite frank though, dude, I only give a rats about Essendon. Like I, I could, if, <laughs> oh, Collingwood, yeah, if my... Collingwood in Richmond want to report bloody pets and 5,000 um, bloody <laughs> handed away for nothing, good on you boys and girls. All I, all I seriously give a rats about is yeah. is the fact that Essendon was in its worst position it could possibly have been um, a few years ago and the fact that this club, this CEO and this board have managed to get this club nigh on 80,000 members. The oh, highest it's ever been, right? It, it's a crazy stat. I mean, 80,000 It's insane, or... man. Mm. It is insane. It's so... insane, actually, just that there's a million memberships in the AFL now. I know, that's impressive. Like, like the NRL must be looking at that. Like, just... US sports don't get that. Like, I, know, I follow the Sixers and that, and they're going, like, amazing 14,000 members have signed up. You yeah. Know, you know, that's that's Philadelphia. Like, I know. In that's the... not, you know, that's not just West Philadelphia. No, that's, know, that's the... the whole state. <laughs> it's we, we are sports nuts, aren't we? Oh, we Melbourne. put money into sports. Sport. Hugely, and that's why I mean, and, and congratulations to all the, everybody that bought a membership too, because it's it's like they say. I mean, remember JB talking when he was spruiking up North Melbourne. It's there's a difference between a supporter and a member. Yeah. The supporters are the people that just go, oh look, Essendon one, that's great. The members are the people that put their yeah. hard earn into a club, um, and then then you can support them as little or as yeah. or as much as you like. The only difference to that I'll say is that if you are a supporter and it literally just you don't have the money to do it. Oh. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, sorry. Let me. That, oh, that was a bit silly of me to say. I apologize. If 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 you don't have the money to do it, then that's cool. But yeah. like I said, if you have the means, yeah. um, a bit like uh, Ferris Bueller in that movie, if you have the means, yeah. I highly recommend you pick one. And look, for those Facebook groups that are out there where you actually promoted one, I actually think uh, I, we do this at the start of the year where we have one or two uh, families that we all do a GoFundMe page mm. um, who really can't afford it. Um, and it's a genuine story. And then we all just put in 10, 20 bucks. And before they know it, the whole family's got a membership. Yep. Would For be those Facebook groups out there or, you know, other groups out there, it's just something we should be doing in a January, February. Really finding out stories of... And it's a hard one because you can't over-promote it because you are going to get a lot of people saying hard-up stories. Yeah, exactly right. But, but you do get some genuine... genuine. We had a really touching family that, that I got aware of by several people straight away you know we saved up money in 24 hours and yep. and and, and a mum on two kids were, had all had memberships and and suddenly had and the club were gave us um through our money just some dice and apple jumpers and it's just and this, great this is the thing it doesn't have to be 100 people it's just one or two people and if if there's if there's any other facebook pages out there or any other um essendon supporter um like pages or websites or people that are that are promoting the bombers um and you want any sort of promotions or anything done here on the on the, the lunchtime catch-up shoot us a, a message through facebook the lunchtime catch-up podcast on facebook um we'll uh, we'll plug it for you we can chuck it out there. We're getting more and more listeners every week. Just to, to promote something like that, we can absolutely um, we can absolutely put that yeah, out there. Yeah, we, like, the we like to build up our own. So we're 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 pretty strong Essendon people. We're not we're not competitive. Like I I had some good chats to some of the guys in the other podcasts, Essendon yeah. podcasts. You know I we we're more than happy to. Scotty and I, and this yeah. is the thing, Scotty and I absolutely don't mind. We make exactly zero money on this podcast. <laughs> exactly. right? I'm serious. We, we don't we don't monetize it in any way, shape, or form. It it's is just... me and Scotty talking in his front bedroom of his house, right? And that's we don't mind. All the reason why we're doing it is because of the Essendon Football Club, our love for the Essendon Football Club, and our ability to turn natter away talking. It's just something we enjoy. It's something we enjoy doing, right? So. We, we don't mind if you've got an Essendon Facebook page, you've got a podcast, you've got anything you like. If you want us to uh, plug it, we absolutely can do it. Um, and uh, yeah, so we we, um, we look forward to hearing from other people. But I guess um, I think that pretty much brings us to the end of it, Scotty. We've got St Kilda next week, Friday night at Eddie Had. Yeah. Everybody get down there. I know there'll be a lot of Sainters supporters down there, so it should be actually a it's good our, game. It's our last home game of the year, so a yep. uh, big chance to get down there and, and really cheer on the boys. These are the kind of games where some people who feel like the year could be almost over. Uh, look, it's one game. Like yeah, we're, no, we're no, let's, home game. Let's all get out there. They deserve the last 12, 13 weeks. These guys deserve our support. A hundred percent agree. So uh, we'll definitely be there, me and Grant. Yep. So we'll be cheering on the boys. And that's the other thing too. Let's let's see what the boys have got too, because yeah. that okay, they haven't lost a game in a while, to be quite frank. Um, so they've lost one, and it was tough, but they've lost it. Let's see if they can come out and answer. Yeah. Right. Come out and answer against the game they were uh, against a game against the club that they should be. I've got every confidence in the boys. My 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 default. Uh, assessment of this club now is win unless we're coming up against a Richmond or something like that I reckon we go into games like St Kilda going yeah hell yes we're going to win until yeah. they prove us wrong so yeah. um, really looking forward to see um, the game next week 
thank you to everybody that's um, been tuning in again we've had some great numbers on our last few podcasts yeah, thanks to all the people who are clicking on subscribe our subscribe list is just going up really fast so. yeah it's really good we, we enjoy the feedback that you're sending through as well keep that coming through um, you can get us at the like I said the lunchtime catch up podcast Facebook page send us a message yeah um, thanks for Eddie for sending his question through today as well um, you can get Scott at the um, true to the red sash Facebook page um, and we'll be back on here probably I don't know the Saturday after um, the game against the Satyrs to um, to do this all again all right have a great week everyone catch you later guys <laughs>